Hello, my name's Chris Jones. I'm a poet and I teach creative writing at Sheffield Hallam University. Welcome to the Two Way Poetry Podcast, a bi weekly series of programmes where I speak to poets about their own creative inspirations and practice. In each show, I invite a writer to talk about a poem that has influenced his, her, their own writing. We discuss the work and in return, my guest reads a poem they have written as a response, however overtly or indirectly connected to this original piece. In this episode, I talked to the poet Lydia Allison about how Tom Phillips' created book of found poems, A Humament, influenced the writing of her own Metro Erasure poems. Today I'm going to interview the poet Lydia Allison. So the books we're going to focus on, or the book we're going to focus on, is A Humament by Tom Phillips. And that's going to take some unpacking, I think. Uh, some of you may know about Tom Phillips, and some of you uh, might, might have come to him fresh uh, without really knowing much about him, but we're going to fill a few gaps in there. And then we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to discuss Lydia's Metro Erasure poems um, and see how the two connect. So thank you very much for coming in today, Lydia. Thank you for having me. Could you say, I, I always ask this question first, could you say when was the first time you came across A Humorment and Tom Phillips? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I came across Tom Phillips and A Humorment like in person. So I was saying, I can't remember if it was the first or second year of uni, there was a just a free talk um, that I attended and it was Tom Phillips and he was just talking about a human and I didn't know really anything about it. I didn't know what to expect. I think I knew it was in the world of experimental poetry or where the line of poetry and art meet, but I didn't really know much more going into it. And so my first experience was, I think, maybe seeing it on a big screen and hearing him talk about it and then hearing him read extracts. So that was a great introduction. It, yes, I think I was at that reading too. I think I was there. And he was very articulate and very persuasive as well in terms of what he was presenting us with. It was, it was very impressive. And it was almost like, you know, it's, in, it's almost this incredible thing that, it, you know, it's almost too much, you know, you, your senses were being kind of bombarded. Yeah, I did find that. And I felt like he was so... Like you said, he was very articulate, but he had such a belief in the work and that it just come from chance as well. So I remember he told the story, which I think is maybe in the back of the books and on his website, on his introduction, which is that he just kind of made a made a comment or even made a bet with his friend to say, oh, the first book that I find for Thruppence will be my, I'm going to make it into a serious project. Um, and then it was a human, a human document that he, that he ended up working on and then actually reworked it for 50 years. I think it was basically his life's work. 
So a human document is a novel that he found in a secondhand shop? Yeah, that's that's right. It was by W and then another letter, Malik. W-H Malik or W... Malik, what a great name for an author. Yeah. I don't know. We'll find it. But yeah. So he was, I think his name was William. That's why one of the characters that Tom Phillips picks out is Bill. Bill. But Bill Toge. So he finds this book, and he's an artist, isn't he, primarily? Yeah. He's an artist. So he decides to change, alter, paint over each page? Yeah, I I believe the way that he started was just with ink, just crossing through most of the words. Oh, was it? So it would have looked more like, I think if you do look up blackout or erasure poems, a lot of what you see is newspapers and like black marker, and they don't tend to be linked if you look at if you look at a human you can see generally there's the little rivers between the words to show you how to read them or what order or yeah to add a little dimension they're like speech bubbles aren't they yeah that is what they look like um whereas i think a lot of other blackout poems they just give you one word at a time which can be effective but which i don't like as much why not i just don't i don't think it's as interesting. You see, I'm saying that, but mine, I always just do in black and scribble through. But I really like, again, I think it's probably something that Tom Phillips said in that first talk that I heard, where he talked about the the rivers of the rivers between the text. Yeah. And I thought that was really significant. And there are some pages where I feel quite confident in how to read it because of the rivers. And I think you see in if you look from earlier editions to later editions, he makes it clearer and clearer. So I think by the time you get to the fifth or the final edition, every page, you know exactly how he intended it to be read. Right. And I think that those links between the words help with that. And also, I think it draws some attention to the deliberate gaps that authors leave on a page. Mm. You could say that the blacked out ones also do that, but I think there's something special about the the rivers, the links. Right. So you, there's 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 more ambiguity in in the in the first editions in terms of how you keep potentially could read the poems on the page because there's more than one river, isn't there? Yeah, I think with some of them, I think in the talk he said wherever the Obviously, you go from top to bottom, but you follow a river until its conclusion. So you can have them that go over or go past each other. And I would think of those almost as different stanzas. Um, but I do think that in some of the earlier editions, it's like he hadn't necessarily established that rule with himself. Right. Okay. So some of them, I think, oh, I like it better if I don't follow your official rule on that one. So maybe... He just kind of, and obviously he's changed it later on. So I think maybe he's thought, oh, that not everyone will read it the way that I want it to be read. And therefore I'm going to change the page. Yeah. But I don't know. You Ask s- him. No, he can't, unfortunately. Um, but that's okay. Well, that's okay, I think. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we don't, we don't, you know, authors have their own ways and means. And once they've posted the work, out to the public, out to their readership, then it's as I think it's as much the readers as it is the authors. Yeah. So 
he say he says rules. I mean, that's the interesting thing, isn't it? Because you, ha- in a way, you have to have rules for this to work, don't you? Yeah, I found a quote that I that I liked. He did give himself some rules, and he said because otherwise it would be too easy. Because obviously he's looking at a whole page of text. So if if you don't have any rules at all, yeah, it's sort of yeah, it's too easy, and I think the work won't be as good. It's like writing yeah. writing poet writing more traditional poetry yeah. with a constraint. You force yourself to work harder, and therefore I think the final result is better than just that initial splurge. Mm, it's like writing a sonnet. I guess you've got the rules for the sonnet. Yeah, exactly. Which you can adhere to. And some people like to break a little as well. So, Um, so one of his rules is um, that every time there's together or all together, he picks out Toge, which is his main character is Bill Toge. So every time he sees Toge, he uses it. I didn't realize. Uh, until I kind of looked into it, he do, apparently he does that every time. He says he doesn't every think time. he's missed one together or all together. Wow. But, you know, there's still many pages that don't have that character in. Yeah. And mm. it, it's one of those things, it's like, oh, it's just chance that it appears sort of the right number of times. So you could say the book is, it is the story of Toge. It's a love story. Yeah. Um, but also you can look at lots of pages that are just really nice standalone poems yeah no i i got that impression when i was reading the text so that there is that there are actual books out there that will have his will be painted by him i think they're out there i think they're quite very expensive and owned by various people but yeah that that so they're the artifacts but then they're, they're copied and the the pages are copied and put in text yeah yeah so i've got the first edition that i bought was the fifth edition because i i suppose after i went to the talk i probably just went on online and just bought whichever version was the cheapest and just bought it and i think that was the one that was out at the time i think he was currently working on the final edition when i saw that and he said he wouldn't be doing another one because it took him about I don't know if he said it took him 10 years to do. So he was wow. like, I'm not going to be alive for another 10 yeah. years after I've finished this. And that's so, amazing, really, isn't it? Yeah. In terms of just the, that focused. Yeah, he was so dedicated to it. So each edition is different, isn't it? I mean, they they cross paths, but they are, it's a different, he picks out different words. Yeah, it's slightly different. I, I find that really exciting. I think... Most most pages are either one or two. I think there might be some that have been reworked three times. Okay. But I don't think he tends to do more than that. So there's some that are the same from the first edition to the final oh, edition just because he liked them yeah. or they were right. But I do find the ones that he's changed really interesting because you just look and you go, oh, he's used that same word. Oh, he still used the word cool. But mm. in one way he's used it about person, in another he's used it about the day. I like the pages that have changed. So I like reading two at once. Right, okay. <laughs> so shall we look at a page, you think? Yes, you, definitely. You sent me um, a couple of pages that you particularly like. I'm going to um, put these links up on the on the website so people can look at the original, because there's the original page of the novel, a human document, and yeah. then there's two different 
versions that he highlights. Yeah. Well, the first version is 1973 I've got here, and the second version is 2002. Yes. Shall I read the first version? Yeah, could you read the first one? Because I don't have it. Okay, yeah, well, that's the thing, isn't it? Online, you can. You, there's a different kind of way of reading it. Yeah, yeah, you don't really have to have all the books. I just am a, a bit weird. So, well, no, no, that I, I'm a completist myself. I like, I like getting all the different kind of editions of often the same poet's work. So, like, I've got Derek Marne's collected poems three or four different ways. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. So, I mean, there are variations in, in terms of how he edited them, but it is a bit extreme. So, I'm going to read the page 40. This is a 1973 edition. She folded her attention to the carpet and approached impossible music. Piano surprise, dark and velvety, like gloves. Surprise voice to sing like sharing. See, I do really like that. I, I picked this out because I really love, it's one of my favourite pages, this second version. Okay. Um, so read that and then we could maybe talk. Yeah. yeah. She folded her attention to the carpet and arrived at impossible music. Velvety, like love, her voice, her voice, even the piano listened with admiration. Mm. So I, I think they're both really nice. And I, I think even if you didn't necessarily know, you'd know that you could guess that they were from the same page because he still talks about the piano. There's still that yeah. repetition of the voice. What I notice in his work, and which I sometimes do, even though the things that I do are on a much smaller scale, yeah. when you do have that repetition, that's something you can really easily pick out. And then when you put it in, it makes it sound poetic because we have, we recognize that repetition as something that is like quite beautiful or it sounds quite musical or we, we like it sometimes in poetry. Yeah. It's patterning, isn't it? Yeah. It's a patterning for the reader to kind of, uh, something to hold on to as well, I guess. If there's the degree of randomness to the way you create the poem, the if you if you keep the nouns, if you repeat nouns, then yeah, it's so like the the reader believes that it's a real poem. Yeah. <laughs> it's on purpose. Yeah, as opposed to something that they've created out of another person's another writer's text. Yeah. Uh, so the carpet's uh, the same, isn't it? She yeah, folded her attention to the carpet. I'm going to look, look yeah. at the other, yeah. So and because he, that is one that he's picked out, but there, they are chunks. So there, there is, she folded her, that was all together in the original. Then yeah. obviously there was text in between and then attention to the carpet. They, they are in the same two lines. So I just yeah. think he's probably seen that and gone like, that's clever. I'm keeping that. I like that. Yeah. I like getting that little insight into, you know, I can imagine him being like, no, that's a good. Yeah, I did a good job with that one. Yeah, you know, going that. from the first edition to uh, going from the yeah for the first edition to the later ones, he's gone. No, that was good. I did yeah. a good job. I suppose the other th the other thing to mention is that there, there's one river in the in the original version, and the the version you've read out, there's two rivers. I think doing that with the river it allows him to use more of the text or more of the page I, I suppose what i mean by that is that there's a there's a there's a right river and a left river yeah in the in the second version that you read it um, yeah and in the first version it's just uh it's just one 
falling yeah. um, set of words. Which I really like. I just think of it as like two two stanzas. I don't normally do this again because the writing that I, the, when I make them out of the little horoscopes, yeah. they're so small. It's very, very difficult to do too yeah. like you have to really go oh i'm only using the very leftmost words and i'm only use you know it's it's not as easy but if i do i always put a gap between i think i always think that's how i would think about them if i'm making them from almost an image into a text that's how i translate the separate rivers or the separate speech bubbles is i would translate them just as two separate stanzas right okay but again i think they're just they are just to me, it makes perfect sense, but they are just, there's just like a, a web of rules in my yeah. head for yeah. how I make the poems. Well, that, that makes yes. sense to me. I think we're all, I think all writers are governed by rules, the rules that have kind of been forced upon them by convention um, and going to school or going to college or going to university where people say, you must do this or you must do that. Yeah. They're sort of finger pointing rules. Uh, and then there's, there's the aesthetic aesthetic rules that you follow as a writer you you have your own distinct rules as a writer that makes you have have an individual voice yeah as such yeah that makes uh, sense does that make sense yeah absolutely and i think that's yeah that's that's where you go that's that's just their style mm, you know and, and it's funny the things that you that that kind of that stick with you you know so I have like two two brains. One of them is the teaching brain where yeah. I go like, use as many adverbs as you possibly can to students. And then when I get to talking to writer friends, I'm like, adverbs are evil, get rid. It's terrible. It looks awful. And I don't really use them much myself. Um, and then also like I think of, to Gertrude Stein describe commas as like horrible little things, you know, or something yeah, like yeah. that. So yeah. I, whenever I just really... For some reason that I, I don't really, I don't write like Gertrude Stein, so there's no reason that I can't use commas. You know, yeah. I don't have to. But every time I put a comma in, I think, oh, it's a horrible little <laughs> thing, and I kind of want to take yeah. it out. We'll come to your commas later. I'm interested in your commas and your and your poems. I suppose just finally to say, does this fit into a narrative arc or this page, or is it just something that could be seen as standalone? Do we? Do we I think I I like it so much. I think it could be standalone. I just think it's really a very lovely. I don't know. Even the piano listened with admiration. I just think it's so romantic and like yeah, loving and wonderful. But I I do think of that as part of the love story between Toge and Irma. Irma, that's right. Because she is the. I think she is the kind of or if not the main character she is a main character in the original in a human document, human document. um but it's very different yeah so if i read tom phillips treated book is there a story that i could follow or is it more know. or is it more much more loose than that i think it's i think it's looser than that i feel like they're there is a story, but I feel like it's it's very loose, and I feel like there's so many pages that 
could potentially not be. And also, like, he allows himself to to talk about different things. You know, like, he has at least two, like, birthday pages in for himself, I think. Like, page 50 is a little thing about himself. It's a little self-portrait. okay. Um, And I think even earlier on, there's something about being 70. You know, so there's a lot that really deviates from, you know, if you read that page 50, it's not about... Totogenoma at all. It's it's very much, you know, but, play the shadow of fifty years. He's he's just gone like I'm fifty. It's yeah. page fifty. This is me. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. But that is so that makes it a human document, doesn't it? Yeah, because it's very so much. so changing. Maybe it's more like reading a collection with a with a theme yeah. rather than reading a narrative, like a novel in verse. Yeah. I that makes a lot of sense. I think. Shall we read the other one that you sent me? So, yeah, he 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 did change this by the time it got to the final edition. So, uh, the the versions I've got online, I'll just say this now, are yeah. the first version, which is 1973, and version 2011, which is the second version that they that they've given us on the on the website. Yeah. That's what I've got in front of me as well. Um, so you've got the seated figure. Yeah. And the blue yeah. blue blocky one. Yeah, the one that looks like a party. Yeah. So So I think Do you want to read I think the, the 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 figure it's almost like a kind of Francis Bacon kind of um wobbly figure, isn't it? Like this sort of distorted body yeah he often has these wobbly shapes and i think is he still even though he's coloring them in is he still going around the words must be yeah. i'm not 100 percent sure but they come up so often they're often the shapes that he uses and i i think if if they're not just around the words i think they're definitely inspired by this idea of going around the words right okay but that might just be so do you want to read the um the wobbly figure poem yeah that's my that's the one. I don't know why I like it. Um, but it is. this is one that is more in that story, obviously, because we've got Toge. Okay. Only Toge alone. Loneliness is throb of my watch, long shriveled aspiration. I have something left, two things left. First, my viola. The other thing, your image. I cannot get rid of it. That's fantastic. Yeah, I love it. He's doing lots of different things there should we should we look at the other poem as well yeah so uh this is the 2011 version toge alone now now every throb of my watch might shrivel memory lessness possesses fullness now something left this only viola the art of always now you see i prefer the first version I I very much do as well. I much prefer the wobbly figure. Yeah, I like the way it looks. I like that uh, on some of the pages, the the text is completely blacked and there's no chance of reading it. This is one where you wouldn't... Oh, I see. You mean underneath the, the painting? Yeah. But yeah, you can see a little... You could almost really try and read it. I don't think you should, but you know, like you can see the letters in it as well. Yeah. Um, not in all of it, just in the sort of the rug of the picture. I think I like him more because there's more, I'm talking about rules again, the kind of more poetry rules in there. So he's sort of doing things that are more, you would equate with what a poem does. 
So you've got Toad and Alone is is a sort of half rhyme. Yeah. Straight away you've got And that. only, only Toad Alone. Only only Toad Alone, that's right. Yeah, and then and then going straight back in with loneliness is full stop. Yeah. Which is interesting because he's made that choice to keep that. He could easily have yeah. edited it out. Um Yeah, and then I suppose like you say, like really in that world of metaphor like throb of my what you know just like all yeah. kind of using more unusual words we all yeah. know what that means but no probably i can't imagine anybody else saying it yeah um and i suppose it's the o sounds like you say we've got already got only toge alone we've got throb we've got long watch and then again um like we said before like the the repetition i have something left two things left yeah it feels like somebody's it feels like somebody's talking, but it's also, it's... Curated. Very, yeah. very kind of, yeah, I know what you mean. It's uh, it's almost like extemporaneous, but but it's actually very controlled. Yeah, absolutely. That kind of randomness that's, but also it's, it's, it's pitch perfect, isn't it? Yeah. And I, I feel like, I don't know if we talked about this at uni, but you know, poems can almost be set up in, in a similar way to, to sort of jokes you know like you, yeah. you set something up and then there's a punchline or there's a payoff yeah so i have i ha- i have something left i think that seems dramatic you know i have what you know i only have one thing left you know that is kind of what you think of um and then two things left first my viola which is nice but almost seems like a almost like a really light yeah um but you're set up to know that they're going to say two things. First, my viola, the other thing. And then I feel like the last two lines are quite devastating. Yeah. That I just think they're amazing. Yeah. I don't think you could have written something better. And yet he didn't write it. It was there. Yeah. He found it or he mined it. Yeah. Or... Mine's a good word. Yeah. Yeah. He talks about mining and undermining. And I think that's really interesting. Undermining. Yeah, I don't know if he, I don't think he really, when he talks about that, I don't know if he, he's kind of saying that in a bit of a, because I, he he's sort of said, if he were to meet the original author, he thinks they probably wouldn't get on. No, they he wouldn't. That's quite outdated. No. Quite racist views. Yeah, <laughs> no, quite... I mean, yes. Yeah. I, I like that, because he's quite play. I mean, it's very playful, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I think a lot of them are a little bit sort of like a bit risky or a bit, uh, yeah, a bit sort of naughty lines. I think he does that on purpose a lot. I think you find that an awful lot with experimental poetry. So often it's a little bit, it's definitely in that yeah playful and uh, often kind of erotic world. Yeah. I think maybe that's just where people's minds go when you go like, okay, there's there's these rules, but you can do what you want within it. And then people just get playful yeah and it's also putting things together and and giving them all space so like a human document could have gone sort of into obscurity but instead he's put it on this he's put a spotlight on it yeah and i think that's that's really nice and when you do put a spotlight on mundane things they can become very beautiful yeah and so some of his work is you know like some of it is it's really interesting like you said like the the wiggly shapes and some of it is very abstract and some of it is just lines or it's just things that are crossed through. So when he, he, he died recently, but when he was alive, there was a, there was a hunt, wasn't there for all these human documents? Yeah. So the, the book became like 
almost like uh, like you were hunting the last sort of dodo, weren't you? It's almost like these sort of books that were out there that were. Yeah, I think once he realised that he was going to be doing more editions and obviously sometimes he'd mess up and he'd need a second page five or whatever. Yeah. Um, so he'd, you know, back go and buy the same edition. But then after maybe the first time it had been exhibited and stuff, it became a bit of a cult thing to want to buy. So it became really difficult for him to... Because it was way, way out of print. Because it yeah. wasn't, I don't think it was that popular. It was, a Vic, was it Victorian or Edwardian? I think it's novel? Victorian. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it just, and it was actually reprinted, but say, like, I think, it, I don't know if it was reprinted for sales in America. Yeah. And so there were certain parts that were, say, written in French that had been just taken out or edited differently or indented differently. Something was different and the typesetting was a bit different. And he was like, he just couldn't work with it. He said like there was something very special about a human document and he tried it with different things and he could never yeah. do anything as good. So I I think, think this was something quite special about it. But mm. yeah, I, yeah, I think he ended up, obviously he bought this first book for threepence. That was the point. Yeah. And then later on, he was paying so much money. Hundreds, hundreds of pounds, would... thousands of pounds, possibly to yeah, people who had copies. I think so. Wow. So and that definitely shows, a lot more. That shows a level of um, commitment anyway. Yeah. So going from the scarcity of a human document, we, we come to the prolif proliferation, the huge amount of metros that we find particularly on our buses i think yeah i think i normally i normally nab them from the train station okay so we'll, we'll we'll move on to talk about your your metro poems yeah well it's funny i can remember them yeah i can remember the very first time reading a human document i know what was my first book but i don't i don't really know when i started doing these but it's interesting when we're talking about I studied in Manchester, but I was still in it, living in Sheffield and I do some work in Manchester. And so I think I've found that on the train journey, if I got a metro from the station, I would be able to change all 12 of the horoscope poems into blackout. All of the horoscopes that are not poems, but they are like poems. Right. I would be able to change all 12 horoscope poems into blackout poems. And then on the bus in Manchester to like the museum, I'd be able to take photos and tweet them. You know, like it was yeah. just the right length of time, like yeah. about an hour and a half maybe. Yeah, no, no, that's the length of the workshop, isn't it? Or, you know. Yeah, so that but, was quite <laughs> interesting. So I, I I, did get into a habit of I would do that like every time and then the journey home would be like the crosswords or whatever. Um, so, so you gave yourself a sort of creative discipline to do. Yeah. Creative experiment over the course of a journey. I mean, journeys are always very good, I think, for... Yeah, I like, think so. Travelling on the train is always good. a good stimulus for, for writing. Yeah, absolutely. So, yes, I'm sure I, I, I saw these when you were first tweeting them. Yeah. I've, yeah, I think I think so. Um, and then they're not... They, you know, like, the, they end up being kind of an appropriate length for a tweet when you put them into text. You know, like it yeah. just kind of, it all sort of comes together and I think they look nice as a little photo of them together. And yeah. then in terms of the astrology of it or the horoscope aspect, I think, you know, like you end up with the opposites next to each other when you read them. 
So like Leo is next to Aquarius and they're six months apart on the calendar. Oh, are they? I see. I was so, going to ask you about the, the, why you chose, well, why you had two together. I, I sometimes think, I don't know. I think one of the quotes from Tom Phillips was he said, like, serendipity is the best collaborator. So, so I don't, I don't, when I make, say, the Leo one, yeah. I don't think, oh, it's going to match with the Aquarius one. Okay. But I just tweet them together because that's how I take the picture. Yeah. It's as simple as that. But I do think sometimes with experimental poetry, it's just going, okay, this is, this is by chance. I'm going with it. Okay. You know, rather than really curating them and trying to put them together so is there an author is there a named author on the on the astrology for the metro or is it an anonymous um, maybe i should put it i think it's patrick arundel i think that's his name i'll have a look i've got one here um but i don't i don't normally i just normally put like a hashtag yeah and then i just i feel like people know where it's from you yeah, know i don't sure. try and hide it and i i change it enough because if we look, we're looking at idea influence and how other texts have influenced our own writing, then this is a direct kind of version of that, isn't it? Because you are using someone else's words to create your own poems. Yeah. Which, I mean, as a, someone who's done it myself, actually, I've written along a, a sequence of poems where I used Tom Gunn's letters yeah. to to create these poems about his garden in San Francisco, or his gardens in San Francisco. Uh, so, I mean, I'm all, I'm all up for that, but how would you, how would you argue to the, the, you know, the punter, the, the, the reader who says, well, they're not your, it's not your words. And therefore, you know, you're kind of thieving someone else's text. Yeah, I think it's kind of true. I suppose, then, I suppose Tom Phillips, he doesn't, I mean, I don't know whether he actually are, but he talks about the idea of, you know, borrowing or. You kind of, it, I think what's nice is that the original, with, with blackout poetry is that the original author isn't doing anything with an intention for it to happen. Mm. And so therefore everything that you as like the second author, yeah. mine from it is organic yeah rather than they've gone like oh i'm going to use this word that i think will be interesting in a poem yeah you know and the thing i don't know I, I do think it's kind of funny when you look at a human the book or when you go on the website or anything he'll mention i've realized it's wh malik he'll mention him in when he's talking about how he made the book yeah but he's not on the front as a no as the author no. in any way because I, everything that tom phillips makes out of this or the poems that i make really aren't they don't have the same meaning exactly often they have opposite meanings opposite meaning. yeah i know there's a long tradition of found poems yeah in in english literature uh particularly over the past century yeah of the sort of modernist postmodernist experiments around how, how we can use text that's already there. So only recently, I think it was Nicole Seeley, mm. American poet. She was up for the Forward Prize, for best individual poem with with a found Eurasia poem. Oh, so it's. The, I mean, I'll, again, I'll put up that in the. I'll put that in the 
on the on the website for people just to look at um a link so i think you know it's this i mean she's using it for politically you know yeah how oh i think so, i didn't know the poem you yeah yeah um so how do you think you're using the words yourself do you have a particular themes in mind or 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 focus i mean we'll look at we'll look at one very soon or, or a couple yeah um i think i do feel a bit limited you know i, I feel like when i've done when i've done it with di- different texts you can sometimes make it a bit more you can direct it a bit more you know if you're looking at a whole page from a novel um you have a you have more freedom but in a way that's what i like about the horoscope ones so usually you only have time to make like one sentence because you might only have when you when you come to splitting it up you might only have one if you're thinking in the most simple ways yeah. one subject verb object in the right order so you've just kind of generally you've kind of got to go with that it'll be like someone believes the sun and then you hope that something else will make sense at the end of that sentence yeah. um so I sometimes feel like I don't have a lot of control over it. Although what's interesting is I do sometimes get messages from friends who go, oh my, I love mine. You know, like there'll be a Gemini and they'll be like, thank you for this. Wow, that was amazing. You know, or or I'll I'll kind of, yeah. and, you, and you go like, oh, that's interesting. Maybe on reflection, when I look back, oh, maybe I was feeling that sort of way. And I've seen, I've seen these links that are kind of subconsciously expressing a way that I'm feeling. Okay. So, for example, like I say, I do have a friend who's Gemini who always like chats to me about the poems that I've made, and I think I, I did one recently. You know, where it was it was like kind of giving her loads of instructions. It was yeah. like, be kind, do this, do yeah. this, do this. Um, I don't know if it was one that I sent you actually, and and I kind of thought, oh, she's going to read that and think that is quite a mean poem. But you know, maybe it was in my mind to to write a poem that was, if not fully on purpose aimed at somebody it's interesting the uh, oh, it was yeah be logical but very illogical be physical and creative and perfect gemini so i, I you know part of me thinks i suppose generally these horoscopes are they're giving advice or they're telling you what to expect or they're telling you what to do so because they have all those imperatives i think sometimes my my poems come across like versions of a horoscope. They're still giving advice they or they're still yeah. telling what to do. They come just weirder versions. They just, yeah, they've become weirder versions often with similar, I suppose often mine do have similar meanings or comparable. Right, okay. So that, do you want to talk a bit about um, the actual, the, your method? Yeah, so I'll I'll kind of go through it, and I suppose there are some words that I like. So I like things that often I like those the like indefinite pronouns, you know, like someone or s- something. It's a nice place to start. That's not just you, although I do often use you as the subject if I, if needs be. Mm. If I see sun or moon, I always use them. That's been a rule for a while, and recently I've been if there is also the mention of that horoscope name or a different one i'll try and use that so if the gemini one says something like the sun is in libra i'll also use libra 
right. in that text. You know, so I'll, I'll set those rules for myself where I think, oh, okay, if, and I always, yeah, like I said, I always use sun and moon and I always try and make it make sense. Yeah. Um, even if, even if it's a nonsense sentence, I think grammatically they nearly always make sense. I almost never cut words up. That's something that Tom Phillips does a lot, but that's something that say, it's just a rule that I have. No to. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'll generally try and use punctuation that's that's there. And if it's not there, then I then I just don't use it. So in this poem, be logical, but very logical. Be physical and creative and perfect Gemini. You also have punctuation as you can leave in punctuation, but not possibly where we think it should be. Yeah. So there's a full stop before the B and there's a comma before the Gemini. And they're sort of, they're standalone. They're almost like words or symbols in their own right. Yeah, I think so. Because they're acting in that different way. So the comma at the, is it at the start of a a start of the line? It's comma. It's comma Gemini. Gemini. Yeah. So that is, yeah, it's kind of acting in a different way because it's not where it should be, like straight after a word. But then also, you know, like sort of grammar rules when you are addressing, you know, like we're addressing Gemini in that poem. There should be a comma after perfect. Right. So there kind of is, but it's just it's on the next line. line. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of been, I suppose it is being a bit playful with the language or going, yeah, you know, that's the rule, but I can't put it up there. And I never add anything in to make it better. <laughs> If it's not there, it, it will yeah. just be imperfect. Yeah, no, that's, 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 yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Um, which I sort of prefer. Hmm. Yeah. So Sagittarius, which is next to Gemini. Yeah. Are other people you? The moon could be time, time spent beautiful. Oh, no, hang on. I did put a full stop. Yeah. Um, I've had, I've included like a full stop and a little random. Oh yeah, no, comma. I can see that now. In so the, for in, my, the te- in the text version you sent me, yeah, yeah, I like. I, I always like doing the text. I mean, partly it's it's just more accessible, so I think it's good to do. Um, but also, it, I think it also shows like sometimes I mess up as well a little bit. So I always find like with the text, you know, if I've accidentally crossed through something and then yeah. I've tried to make it look like I haven't, I just put it in the text and it's like, yeah, it was meant to be like that. You know, it's just a newspaper. So you've got one line which is a full stop and one line which is a comma. Yeah, so that just allows me to have that gap, which I don't, again, as a rule, I don't allow myself to do stanza breaks unless it's a separate bubble, which I do if it comes above. You just make the rules and that make you, you go like, no, it makes sense, but I can only do a break if the next stanza is starts higher than the end of the first. Right. Which is silly, but um So Yeah, the, so really the, the way that I'd like to read it is are other people you? The moon could be time, time spent beautiful. So to see those as pauses. Yeah. Are other people you? The moon could be. That's my first little and Cesura, then, yeah. Yeah. And then I've got time, time spent beautiful. That works really well because it's like the 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 punchline between the viola and the, the Tom Phillips image that I have of you is that this works in the same way, doesn't it? Because there's like a pause, isn't there? Yeah. The I, eye has to sort of go over the full stop and comma. Yeah, which I think obviously because mine is quite scribbly and it's just in the newspaper, you don't always see it on the 
on the drawn, the drawn on version. Whereas one of the things that Tom Phillips says about the human is like those massive gaps between the words, like it's yeah. really nicely spaced out. So he sort of can. So where there is a, a comma, you really see it because yeah. it's very clear. Mm. Whereas obviously it's not always clear in the paper. No. Yeah. So you've got the biro, you get the biro out and just cross through the... Uh, yeah. So the way I start, I'll kind of think about the words that I like. I'll generally, I'll have my sentence in mind and then I just put one line through the words that aren't those words, thinking about where the rivers are going to go, which is normally after the first word or before the last word, because that's just another rule to make it more difficult. Yeah. Or if I'm including any of that punctuation in the middle. And then I'll put a bubble around and then afterwards i'll darken that bubble so that it's really clear yeah and then i just do a little scribble over could you read the the other one that you sent me which is yeah grow trees oh yeah grow trees start a home begin now yeah and then the the partner on the Scorpio with with that. It's time to help others reorganizing the what and when. So I guess both of those are kind of self-help. Yeah. <laughs> they are sort of telling you what to do. But um like with with the the first one, the Taurus one, so grow trees, start a home, begin now. I think the original is money may not grow on trees, but blah blah blah. And then later on it says, start a side hustle at home. You know, so they're, they're like very specific. Yeah. Um, you know, like they're just different pieces of advice, whereas I think I've made them, I don't know, more more open. Yeah. Maybe more poetic. So that's the thing with poems, isn't it? You can leave them open so that the yeah. reader can project themselves or what they're thinking or feeling. Well, it like makes cool. the, yeah, it makes the, the, the nouns and verbs really key to the, the shape of the poem and the kind of, and the you could put the pronouncements you make in, in the text or the, the, the author, the narrator makes. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's all, it's all more succinct. Yeah. Succinct, and it's more. And yeah, they're succinct anyway, aren't they? The, the, yeah, they are really. So you're being, so you're just got kind of reducing the. Yeah. Even more. Direct. The paragraphs to Yeah. The, the bare essentials. Yeah. Oh, but they but they ram the words ramify outwards, you know. They're kind of by condensing you are actually creating a bigger picture, I think. Yeah. It's well, almost like like concentrating orange juice. Yeah. <laughs> it becomes it gets more powerful. powerful. Yeah, yeah. Powerful taste, yeah. Yeah. But I really like the idea of grow trees start at home. That's sort of, there's a logical narrative there. Yeah, I think you sort of, yeah, I think I'll have, I've read it and I've, you know, money may not grow on trees. You know, I, I think anything that's like a, you know, like an idiom or like yeah. a, like a dead metaphor, you just think, oh, I just can't be bothered. So yeah. then I think, okay, well, what's the key things? Grow, grow tree. You know, oh, yeah. well, okay, that's a nice little phrase. What else can I yeah. add to it? So really, I mean, grow trees is from the first two lines. Then there's quite a gap in that one. And then start a home, begin now, mm. or at the bottom. You know, so it, it's kind of nice to to go, okay, yeah, I'm having that and I'll sacrifice all these middle words because I don't need them. They don't add to what I'm saying. Mm. 
So the what and when in the second one, they almost become like things in themselves. Yeah. You, you know, because you could say what and when, and, and it's quite abstract, but it's, it feels much more like they're actual tangible things in the poem. Yeah. The I what think- and the when, it could, it, could be like a, it could be like a kettle or a, or a wheelbarrow, you know, the what and the when are things in the world. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's just, it's really simply just with putting the in front. I think that's all it is. Because, um, I mean, if you squ- some of my scribbles are more strong than others, but I think it's something about blah, 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 of what and t- of what to say and when to say it. Yeah. You know, which again is just... It's not as exciting, but the what and when, it feels more powerful. Yeah, it does. Because, like you said, they've become real nouns, almost. Yeah. And the final one, could you read the final one? Yeah. This is much more spiritual, I think. The sun moved to mingle with your life and soul. Come in for now, get your thoughts sizzling with romance. So again, I mean that that's a the first one, the Leo. I have to start with the sun because that's my rule. <laughs> so then you kind of like, oh, okay. So I'm starting with the sun. So now I need to find, you know, in a really in a really kind of jigsawy language way, which doesn't yeah. sound very sort of fun and exciting. I'm like, okay, now I need a verb. I've got the sun. Let's find a verb, and then and then you do. You get moved, and then. I kind of like that it's to mingle because obviously it's just alliteration. It just yeah. sounds nice, obviously. And then with your life and soul. So if I think back to writing it, I think I'll have thought, I, I, there are some words that I would probably, have, I definitely wouldn't put if I was writing a poem from scratch, I almost definitely wouldn't use the word soul. Yeah. But then I think when I see things like life yeah. in these horoscopes, I'm like, yeah, like, I really like the word life. So I'm going to definitely use not that I'll, not that that's like a solid rule, but like, oh, okay. I kind of like poems that are generally about life. Why Is not? Is this life and soul of the party? I think it, it will have been initially, for sure. Yeah. You're likely to be the life and soul of the party. There we go. Yeah. So, yeah, because that's really where we hear that phrase. Life and soul. Again, it's interesting. Life is just the two separate things. Yeah. The, the, with your life and then and soul which is like kind of you know separate from your life yeah come in for now that sounds quite quite gentle doesn't it kind yeah of, kind of come in for quite now. tender almost really and then it kind of flips a bit yeah i think probably all i think probably the original was also quite you know sizzling I think that's that's probably like the the overall. Well, that's the big verb in the sizzling, isn't it? Yeah, but sizzling with romance. Romance is another one of those words. It comes up all the time in the horoscopes, and I think I most of the time I don't necessarily use it. But I think sometimes yeah. it's fun. Yeah, of course. And sizzling yeah. with romance again, it's giving it. They're not. They're not totally separate words that you'd never see together. But I do think using them in that way is kind of nice and it's like that's that wasn't the original phrase you know that's from three separate lines right okay so i kind of like it more for that i'm like okay i've made something that makes sense almost sounds cliched yeah. but it actually wasn't yeah. like, i've I found i've made it myself 
Yeah, even, you've made even the cliche. If it is cliche. You've, you've made the cliche yourself. <laughs> yeah. Through a lot of hard work. <laughs> yeah. So do you use this technique with your students ever? I have done. I have done before. And um, sometimes with amazing results, actually. I, I think it's one of those where they go like, oh, it's going to be, you kind of think it's going to be rubbish. And then once you do it and you read it out and everyone goes like, oh, that was amazing. You know, you go like, yeah, actually yeah. it was amazing. I've, I've got a few copies because I had, um, I think this is a bit of a crime, but I did have a copy of Belgium that I'd used for different experimental things including i'd made some blackouts from it um and i'd i'd made a book out of the original sleeve and you know all yeah. sorts of things it it was it was like well loved and well used i think i still have some pages and i think i had when i was teaching in the chinese school i had some older students when you lived in china yeah yeah it was an english school actually in china yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so I think just being saying to them, like, you know, just pick out what we're, just make a sentence that makes sense. Just make yeah. something that makes sense. And I, I've still got some of their pages that were just incredible because you just go like, yeah, they might have a page of text, which is like 200 words. Yeah. And you might pick out five or six to make one sentence, but that's amazing. And it's words that you wouldn't have picked yourself. Yeah. You know? It is very creative. Yeah, it it can come across as not, and I like to, I, so I like to often do it from things like the paper that are getting thrown away anyway, and yeah. I think people think that's less of a crime, which well, I think you're it recycling, probably is. Aren't you? Yeah, in every but, sense of the word. Yeah, and I've I've done one. Um, I did one as part of a squad project, like a we did writing mail art. Uh, yeah, the writing squad. We did mail art to each other, and something that I added was I think it was a shower catalogue. Okay. That I'd had, and I I did all I, I painted on that. I'll send you that. Um, you know, so I, I I like to use things that are rubbish and yeah. try and make them into something that I think is interesting. Yeah. Um, but it's it's also because I think when you start with something that's already good, like a page from the Bell Jar, you're like, oh, I, oh, that that sentence, that whole sentence is really good, and it's like, yeah, of course it is, because yeah. Sylvia Plath wrote it. Yeah. You know, whereas with this, I'm like, okay, I'm going to cut it out and make a new sentence. Yeah. But that, I'm like, oh, that's oh, I don't want to cross anything out. It's it's yeah. fine as it is. <laughs> you know, Friendly enough. <laughs> yeah. Hot take. It's quite good. You know. <laughs> yeah. So, do you think you'll get the you'll publish the the horoscopes, the astrology as a sequence? I don't know. I think with it, there's def I don't think there is a story. I might be quite naive and I might look at it and go, oh, it really does tell the story of how I, how I was doing or what I was feeling or thinking. But I, I think it, it kind of doesn't thread together as a story. I've used, I've tried to use them as starting points for like longer poems, you know, like more, yeah. you know, poems written with my own words. Um, or, you know, I have thought about that or I've tried that before, but I don't like them as well. Yeah, I think there is something nice about them being those small contained things. Well, you like you say, it works very well on Twitter. You know? I think so. And then I, I also think, you know, like the quality of them, you know, sometimes I mess up. Sometimes I accidentally do a line over something and then I just pretend I didn't. I just scribble everything else in much darker and I hope nobody notices. You know, so there's all these things that are imperfect and I feel like if I wanted, if I was really serious about like oh i want to put them in a book they would i'd make them look better whereas really i just yeah i scribble i make mistakes 
occasionally I get two or three papers in case I make a mistake, but yeah. normally I just post the ones that have, I've messed up. Um, so I don't know. I, I feel like they, they're like nice on that. I'd like, I've got, I've got three, four copies of the human, yeah. you know, that I absolutely love. But, um, I also think this kind of poetry, because it's experimental, it's, it feels really modern. It feels really like it belongs online. Like listening to Tom Phillips read it on the website, yeah. flipping through, seeing the original page and the two, you know, I, it works online. And I feel like, my blackout poems, they, 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 I feel like they almost belong on a screen more than yeah. in a book. And then, you know, and then there's, there's some value to them. You know, like I've made people little cards or little booklets with their own, you know, yeah. wh whatever their birthday is, you know, and just make them a little one. And, and it's nice and it looks rubbish and it's glued on and it's messy and it's got my messy writing on the inside. Yeah. And I feel like there's something nice about that that, you know, I, I might have given, I might have given you, You've got the only copy of that. I've tweeted it, and then you've got, you've got it now. It just they all. I just throw them in the bin as well, you know. And I'm, maybe that's awful, but you know, I'm very close to being a, you know, lady with the big piles of newspapers. You know that I, I actually, I kind of look at, you know, I might have one yeah. or two, and I think, have, oh, have I already taken a picture? Have I already throw them away? <laughs> Yeah. Because otherwise I could just be surrounded with them, which I think would be quite worrying for everybody. But that sort of kid makes contact with or sort of suggests kind of that they are art objects as well, aren't they? Yeah. I don't way. think of them as art objects. And I all but they're also kind of graffiti objects, aren't they? You know, I I was yeah. um I was on a a plane and I I did you know, just in not not on the safety manual, but you know, on the snacks book yeah. uh, or you know where it, you know it's just the booklet about different holidays and whatever and i made a few there just because i was kind of bored on the plane and i and because i didn't have my phone right i didn't even take a picture and then i just put it back and i kind of think oh someone's gonna open that and they're gonna be like what is this you know it's, it's yeah. you know it's a message about quitting smoking and i've just made it into something different and i think oh yeah it's a weird thing somebody might find it Mm. And I think that's kind of fun. But you're working towards a first collection, I presume. Yeah, but the, but kind of different, I suppose. I do like, I always feel like it puts me in a good creative space when I do these, but I wouldn't necessarily think of those as poems that I would include in a collection. Um, although I do like them and I think, like you said, it's it's putting into practice poetic techniques and things that are important and rules that are important to follow or to know mm. just in a different way. Yeah. So I think, oh, you know, just me skimming all these horoscopes and picking out words that do kind of chime nicely or, yeah. you know, then when I do come to sit down and write, if I'm not consciously thinking about it, I'm still thinking. I'm still thinking in that way. Yeah, and you're working the muscle as well, aren't you? It's the creative muscle. It's almost like you're doing like 50 sit-ups a day or whatever, you know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Figuratively speaking. Yeah, and, and it's so good, you know, and because it's contained, I don't do the whole newspaper. I just do um, I just do that Astrology. one half a page, you know, so it's, it's doable. I can do it in an hour. Yeah. 
well, and if I'm if I'm in practice with it, I can do. It. But you know, when you're out of practice with it, you realise that yeah. it is that muscle. Is you know, you sit down and you go like, they're all rubbish. It doesn't make sense. I don't know what to do. But you just, and then it comes, and then by the end, you, it's much easier. Mm. There we go. A lesson for us all, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think that's something that work. I don't always learn from myself. Work at it. Yeah. I think that's it. But I'm as bad as you in terms of like, you know, going away from. Yeah. And then you sit down and you go, oh, it, it got easier when I did it three days in a row. Yeah. And then you still, and then you still <laughs> don't do anything on the fourth day. Yeah. It's very frustrating. Well, thank you very much for coming in today. Talk to me about your work. Oh, thank you so much. Tom Phillips and your uh, horoscope poems, which are which are wonderful, and I will put up online as well for everyone to see. Thank you, and I'll put links to your to your Twitter feed as well. So, thank you very much, Lydia. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Good, thank you. Really good, thank you. Lydia Allison is a poet, writing facilitator, creative mentor, and tutor. She has appeared a number of times in print and online including The Result is What You See Today, Instruction X, Surfing the Twilight, Poetry Salzburg Review, PN Review, Feral, and Ink, Sweat and Tears. You can read more at LydiaAllison.com or follow her on Twitter, X, at LydiaAllison. To find out more about Lydia's work as a writer and facilitator, and read the poems she read out today in their original form, go to the website, twowaypoetry.podbean.com. This is the last episode in the series, in the first series. I'm going to start broadcasting new programmes, the second series, in late summer, early autumn. So look out for that. But in the meantime, if you want to explore other podcasts in series one, go to the website twaypoetry.podbean.com and please let other people know if you've enjoyed listening to these interviews. You can also follow me on X, Twitter or Blue Sky, details of which are on the podcast website. The tune to play us out for a final time was written by William Jones. <laughs>